All right, it is Thursday. That means it is time for Missional Community Leader Coaching. <laughs> Guys, if anybody has a good intro, I don't know. I It's so weird because um, this, uh, yeah, any, I, I just have no idea how to start this thing ever any week. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, rainy Thursday. Libby is uh, recovering well here from so far. She's recovering okay from uh, her wisdom teeth. And uh, so anyway, uh, going to get this out to you guys. And uh, before uh, before we jump in here to 1 Peter 4, uh, 12 through 19, just want to reiterate uh, how grateful I am for all of you. You guys are absolutely fantastic, and I deeply, deeply appreciate your care, your concern, um, and just how well you love us. So thank you for all that you do. Uh, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't do this without you. So uh, on to First uh, Peter four twelve through nineteen. Now, this passage more than any other in first Peter, I think, uh, the message really, really may be important, uh, here. And, you know, I, I, by and large, I keep finding, I keep coming back to the message being, uh, unbelievably helpful in putting our, trying to get my arms around my hands around first Peter and uh, and I've been I've been using the message quite a bit uh, during my study of First Peter, just because Peterson has done such a great job of 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 really getting to the heart of what's happening in these passages. And uh, in in this passage in particular, which is just a it's a tough tough passage, uh, he really. He really nails. He really nails it. I think uh, in in his version. So let me let me read from the message this go around, as opposed to the NIV, uh, because I just again think it's I think it's I think it's helpful. All right, uh, chapter four, verses twelve through nineteen goes like this. He says, "Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job." Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process, the glory just around the corner. If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the Spirit of God and His glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. If they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. But if it's because you're a Christian, don't give it a second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. It's judgment time for Christians. We're first in line. If it starts with us, think what it's going to be like for those who refuse God's message. If good people barely make it, what's in store for the bad? So if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust him. He knows what he's doing. And he'll keep on doing it. So that is... First uh, Peter four twelve through nineteen in the message, and here it is in the NIV. Uh, just just so that you can catch uh, 
audio-wise, um, the difference. So this is the NIV. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Uh, so my encouragement, honestly, is uh, either that you go use both um, or, you know, I I think most people are rocking and rolling here with digital Bibles now. You know, they're using the Bible app or something along those lines, so they probably have access to the message at their fingertips. So you may just want to go with the message. I haven't totally decided what I'm doing uh, Sunday. I will be at Creekside this week, and so I haven't fully decided uh, what I'm what I'm doing um, as far as which text. But uh, anyway, I, I may I may go to the message. So fallen condition focus. Uh, we believe that suffering uh, is meaningless and unique. Uh, the Christ redemptive purpose is suffering is normal and unites us with Christ. The message, big idea, there are good times around the bend. So in verses 12 through 13, I kind of break this up into three, three bits. Uh, 12 through 13, suffer well. 14 through 16, suffer purposefully. And 17 through 19, suffer faithfully. Uh, so in 12 and 13, suffering should not be a surprise. It's part of life. And this challenges any notions that to suffer is sub-Christian. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's a timely word, I think, uh, in our culture, because so much of American Christianity uh, really wants to argue for a, uh, you know, this the, kind of this prosperity gospel. And... You know, even for those who aren't necessarily promoting prosperity gospel thinking, practically they are. Uh, you can see it in the way that many Christians respond to suffering and hardship in their lives. And uh, this oftentimes comes to the question of why me? Why am I experiencing this? You know, why do I have to go through this? Well, Suffering is suffering is just normal. It is just simply part of part of living in a broken world. And so when we suffer, this is not sub-Christian. This is not uh, the result of us doing something wrong or failing or, or anything along those lines. It's just part and parcel of, of living in this of living in this broken world. And so like Peterson says, uh, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. God's on the job. It's not falling, you know, things aren't falling apart. Uh, it, it is, 
it's just it's just part of, of living in a world um, that is that is imperfect. And so you know the second part of this is we should we, we need to uh, we need to suffer well. We need to and we do that by, by suffering with joy because it means that we are participating with Christ. Uh, so that's a <laughs> that's a, a weird way of thinking about suffering. Um, but I guess uh, I, I guess one of the things that we need to comprehend or one of the things that we need to talk about when it comes to this this issue of suffering is what kind of suffering are we talking about? And we get this more clearly in the next section. Uh, but the suffering that Peter here is talking about is not the kind of suffering that comes from, you know, getting sick. It's not the kind of suffering that comes from, you know, you actively uh, sinning or doing something bad. Uh, it is the kind of uh, suffering that comes as a result of seeking to be faithful to Christ, of seeking to live life differently in, in a messed up world. And so if that's how you're living and you face some hardship, you face some suffering, you know, you practice integrity when uh, maybe your boss or something along those lines doesn't want you to, uh, to, to have integrity. They want you to lie. They want you to to do something that doesn't jive with who you are as a follower of Jesus, right? Um, and, and you suffer as a result of that. Then, you know, Peter says rejoice. So you suffer well. We remember that, you know, there is there is an end game here. There is glory coming. There is beauty and joy in the reconciliation of all things. There will come a day when suffering doesn't end, you know, when suffering ends and there, and there is no more, there is no more suffering. Um, and the NIV says, rejoice as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Or Peterson says, hey, you're, you're in it with Christ. You know, you think about Christ's suffering. What, where did his suffering come from? It didn't come because he was sinful. It didn't come because he, you know, he didn't have sickness or anything along those lines. He suffered because he lived perfectly and challenged the way of the world. He lived a subversive life that was faithful to God. And it challenged the religious leaders. It challenged the secular leaders. It challenged culture in all the right kinds of ways. It challenged it to love deeply, to live graciously, to extend forgiveness and mercy even to the outsider, right? So this this is what, you know, this is the the place from which our suffering is is to come. And when it comes from that place, then then we address. You think about, you know, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, um, you know, those kinds of people who lived lives well. You know, you think about Martin Luther King, um, you know, somebody, uh, maybe Abraham Lincoln, people who died unjustly because they were living and they were holding uh, to a to a, a, a way of, of living life that was that was different, right? Um, so 
So that's, that's what we're talking about here. And so 12 and 13, I think, really point to this idea of suffer well, which leads us into 14 through 16, which is to suffer purposefully. Because Christians live lives that are different from the surrounding culture, uh, they experienced some form of persecution. We've talked about this week after week after week, that there was social persecution. There was mockery. There, they lost jobs. They uh, experienced that kind of uh, social pressure from their neighbors to practice emperor worship, that kind of thing. Um, so when, when they experienced that, Peter says, hey, this needs to be understood as a mark that you are being faithful. And the same is true in our in our time, right? In our day and age. There are times when <laughs> when you live a faithful life, you're gonna you, you may you may catch some crap. Um, so the question that Peter really puts before them is, why are you suffering? Right? Why are you suffering? Are you because this is the kind of suffering that comes from without, not the kind of suffering that comes from within or from natural disaster. So what is it? Right? Peter wants them to be sure that their suffering is, is that they are suffering uh, for the right purpose and the kind of suffering that comes, uh, that, and not the kind of suffering that comes as a result of doing evil. In other words, make sure you suffer with a purpose. So he lists these things, murderer, thief, criminal. All right, so don't do any of those things, right? Uh, and then meddler. Now, meddler is a weird word. Um, and that, that's, that's how it goes in the, uh, in the NIV is this, is this word meddler. Uh, it's only used three times in all known Greek sources. That's bi- biblical extra-biblical, secular, just the Greek texts that we have, this word is used three times. Once here in uh, 1 Peter, and it's the only time in the Bible that it's used. And then there are two other sources early in early Christian writing. Uh, so the NIV translates this as meddler. Other, more literal tra- other literal translations may use busybody. And what they're doing is a literal translation of a compound word. So it's kind of this this word that means, you know, body in action, um, literally kind of a busy body. Uh, so Peterson gets closer to what many scholars think the word means when he uses restur- disturbing the peace. That is actually tar- partaking in political subversion or zealotry. So, you know, he's like, hey, don't be a murderer, don't be a thief, don't be a criminal, and don't don't try to take down the government. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's there's different kinds of subversion, right? There's the kind of subversion that happens because you're living a life of grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. And then there's the kind of subversion where you storm the capital, right? Where you plot to, uh, you know, kidnap a governor. This is... You know, he's saying if you suffer for those kinds of things, it's not because you're a Christian. It's it's because you're doing the wrong things. It's because you are you are doing evil. So suffer with purpose. Suffer as a Christian. Experience if you're going to suffer, or when you suffer in the midst of a broken world, um, 
uh, at the hands of, 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 you know, of other people do so because you're seeking to live a life of love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Don't do so because you've caught yourself up uh, doing, doing evil. Uh, and then the, the, and this brings us to the end here, verses 17 through 19, uh, where I think he argues that we should suffer faithfully. He argues that when judgment comes, Christians will be judged first. It's part of the responsibility of being in God's household. Therefore, the Christian must suffer faithfully and continue to do good. I think the way we can understand this is that Peter is making the argument here that to be a Christian is to be held to a higher standard than those who are not seeking to follow Christ. But it's okay, because when all things are made new, the Christian who suffers as a result of this will rejoice. So, uh, you know, this, in our kind of popular evangelical world or mindset, uh, you know, you see a lot of people who are like, well, hey, Christian, Christians are just normal people. And it's true. We are just normal people. And they say, well, Christians are sinners just like everybody else. Yes, that's true. Christians are sinners just like everybody else. And they say, well, therefore, uh, you know, we, we, we can't be held to a higher standard. We shouldn't be held to a different standard. Uh, Christians are just people. And we are just people. But as soon as we take the name Christian, as soon as we put that on our forehead, as soon as we assign ourselves as ones who are seeking to follow Christ, then, then we are to be held to a significantly higher standard than those who aren't. Because they're not, they're not saying I'm following the Messiah. They're not saying I'm following the one who is focused on love, grace, and mercy. They are they're living their own lives under their own selves as their authority. When we say that we are seeking to follow Christ, when we are, if we are saying that we are disciples or learners of Christ, then our lives are going to be modeled in a very, need to be modeled in a very different way. And we are going to be held to a different standard. And this is what Peter is getting at here. Uh, and, and so we, as a result, need to suffer faithfully. Uh, and and we can do so because we know that there will come a day where we will rejoice as a result of our faithfulness in the midst of of those kinds of sufferings. So, uh, you know, suffer well, suffer with purpose, and suffer faithfully. And uh, and as we do so, we can kind of keep our eyes looking towards. This reality that there are good times around the bend. We look, we look towards the coming of glory and the, in uh, the in the making new of all things. So, uh, hey, let me let me pray, and we will we'll be done. Uh, Lord, thanks for thanks for the passage. Thank you that even though it's hard, uh, maybe we can grab some hope from it, uh, and and realize uh, maybe even some things about us where we are bringing some undue suffering on ourselves. Uh, but would you help us to live lives uh, of faith and purpose and, uh, and that we would continue to do good. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, gang. Thank you for uh, 
hanging with me here. And if you have any questions, thoughts, uh, you want to talk more about this passage, please let me know. Reach out to me and let's let's talk. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, we'll see you Sunday. Talk to you soon. Love well, my friends.